Hey, thanks so much for checking out this episode of Golf Strategy School. Now, I know you're listening because you want to learn how to play better golf. But if you want to see how you compare to other golfers your age, you need to check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin. That is par, the number four, success.com slash Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N. And what it will do is it will actually give you a free assessment where you can see exactly how you measure up against other people your age. And you can see where you're excelling, where you need to focus your time on. And this is an assessment, honestly, that you can take once a month just to see how you're progressing throughout your golf journey. So again, check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see how you measure up against other golfers your age. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Marty Griffin, and you are listening to the Golf Strategy School podcast. This is the only podcast that's designed to help people get over those milestone scores of breaking 90, or if you're still working on it, breaking 100. Now, today we're going to talk about something that doesn't have to do with swing mechanics. It doesn't have to do with on-course strategy, but it is a very important part in a continual improvement cycle. And that is, what do you do? with your off season. Let's talk about it. All right. So when most people think about what they're going to do for their off season, it usually, you know, looks like, Hey, can we squeak in a golf trip somewhere? Is there a simulator place nearby that I can visit? Is there an indoor facility that I can use? Or maybe you're lucky enough to live in a place where there is no off season. In that case, I hate you. Please invite me over. Uh, (laughs) What we're talking about today, though, is what we need to do in terms of kind of an assessment for ourselves and figuring out exactly what we need to be doing to take our game and move it forward. Now, when we look at some of these things, it might be it might be a little weird, might sound a little different for you, but just hear me out on this process. When we're looking at these things, we have to first look at, you know, what do we have the most opportunity for improvement? Now, what I mean here is what happens the most often. And when we're talking about that, we're looking at, you know, the, the frequency of events. So obviously putter is going to come into that equation. Uh, we're going to be looking at approach shots on that equation. And honestly, we're probably looking at our driver as well, because those are the things that should be happening just about every single time if our plan is going flawlessly, right? The other thing that we need to look at is we need to look at kind of the ceiling for our ability. And what I mean here, and let's take putting for an example, uh, what I mean here is, you know, what what is the best we could possibly ever hope to do? And we could look at like PGA Tour statistics to measure ourselves against, You know, if we have a three-foot putt, we're going to make a lot of those. So, yes, that might happen a lot. But in terms of ceiling, we're already going to be operating really, really close to that ceiling. So there's not a lot of space for improvement there. If we look at putts that are over 30 or 40 feet, It's the exact same thing. It's just the opposite way around. We're hardly ever going to be making that putt 
I mean, especially even if you look at like PGA Tour, you're not going to see a lot of people making those putts. So really our only goal there is to not three putt. So like try, like practicing 30, 40 foot putts and trying to actually make them, that's not really going to be impacting our score. But if we looked at like five to 15 foot putts, those are putts that we will probably run into pretty darn frequently. And there's actually a decent chance that we can make some of those putts. So time spent in the 5 to 15 foot putting range is actually something that is going to be more beneficial than time spent trying to make 30 foot putts or really practicing like our three foot tap-ins, stuff like that. Same thing with, you know, like a, a rescue club. You know, you might, you might really feel like you're struggling with your rescue club, but you know, let's think about how many times we actually use it. Are we using this club like every single hole? Probably not. You might be using it in a conservative situation to tee off. All right, I'll give you that one. You might be using it on a long approach shot. I'll give you that too. But those are circumstances that are not going to come up frequently. So we don't necessarily need to put as much time into perfecting them. Now, when we're talking about what we can do for approach shots, uh, you may have signed up for my uh, Breaking 90 mental game process. And if if you haven't, I'll link it here in the show notes uh, or in the description, depending on where you're watching. But this is kind of along the same lines of that. Like when we're talking about our approach to Breaking 90 from a course strategy standpoint, we're talking about getting close to the green, not necessarily making the gold standard of getting on the green. And it's the same kind of concept here when we're looking at our approach shots and we're starting to do that kind of statistical assessment. We don't necessarily need to be on the green and measuring absolute greens in regulation. Obviously, if you can't be on the green, you want to be on the green. But I would say anywhere near the green, anywhere where you have like a clear path with a fairly straightforward, easy chip to get you on the green. If you can be kind of in that zone, then we're going to count that as, as on the green or near the green in regulation. And we can at least convert some of those to pars if we have a good chip shot. Uh, but we, we can be fairly certain it's not going to be a blow-up hole if we're near the green in regulation. So that's what we want to do is we want to look at what is our near greens in regulation percent. Then we're going to do the same thing for the tee shot near the fairway. I, I'm not going to penalize you if you say, Hey, you know what? I hit a great shot. Maybe it was a dog leg. I rolled just through. I'm, you know, whatever, six inches, 12 inches, three feet into the rough, but I have an unobstructed view. I'm not in any danger. It's really pretty much a straightforward shot. I'm just in slightly thicker conditions compared to the fairway. That's what I would call a near fairway, and you shouldn't be penalized for that in terms of your self-assessment. We want to be as objective as possible, but we want to make sure that we're also not really kind of stabbing ourselves in the foot here because we're, we're just being too punitive in our assessment. 
So if you're near the fairway, meaning really as long as you have an unobstructed approach shot, then we're going to call that close enough. Because you know what? In that circumstance, the driver didn't get you in trouble. That's really what we're measuring. We're measuring, did the driver get us in trouble? If we hit our shot and we're in the fairway, obviously the driver didn't get us in trouble. But there's plenty of other spots where the driver wouldn't get you in trouble. Because, you know, you might be playing a course that's a little bit more wide open. And you, if you have that forethought and you say, hey, you know what? This is, this is Lynx golf. There's not a lot of long grass. Maybe it's early season. Maybe it's late season and they've cut it down. I'm going to go ahead and be aggressive with my driver. In that circumstance, that's actually a smart play. Because obviously, driver's going to get you closer to the hole. And it's going to make the approach shot easier and everything else easier along the way. So these are our, our three big areas kind of for our self-assessment. Um, if you want to toss in putts per round, that's another really good thing to look at in terms of how well you're doing. Um, a lot of people ask, you know, what's a good number for that? And well, you know, two putts per green is really what we're supposed to be doing. And if you average less than 36 for 18, you might be thinking that you're really on to something or that your, your short game, specifically the putting, isn't as weak as you think. Honestly, if you're averaging 34 putts or more per round, then I think you really need to spend some time putting. Mainly because we know we're not going to hit the green in regulation every time. They know that on the PGA Tour. But we know that we're going to be putting every single time. So we need to have a little bit better one-putt rate than once per nine holes. If you really want to see your scores come down, that's one of the easiest ways to affect it. So for that matter, I think that putts per round is also a pretty good thing to look at. And I would kind of throw that dart right around 34. If you're over 34 putts per round and you're struggling to break 90, that's one of the big reasons why you're not doing it. It could be like when you start breaking that stat down, you might find out that, hey, I'm having a lot of putts per round, but you know what? I just suck at chipping. You know, I, I start looking at the length of the first putt, and that's another really good statistic. If you're over that 34 putts per round, start looking at exactly how far your first putt is, and then you can start to see where the gaps in your game are. If your first putt is 18, 20, 22 feet, you probably need to spend some more time chipping. And then because you'll be chipping closer, your putts per round are going to come down. So it's really kind of a holistic view of your game, but purely from a data and statistical sense. So you're looking at all the different aspects and you're starting to measure what ones have the greatest impact and the greatest opportunity for impact on your game. So that first impact is how often do they happen? And that second, the opportunity for impact is kind of, you know, where is my skill level? And then where is my ceiling? Like we were talking about with short putts, your skill level is probably going to be pretty high and your ceiling is probably going to be not very far away. <laughs> with your long putts, your skill level in terms of making them is probably going to be pretty low. But again, 
your ceiling is also going to be pretty darn low with those great big long putts. Where we see that massive opportunity for improvement is in that 5 to 15 yeah, if you want to stretch it out towards 20, you know, 20 footers aren't going in very often, but five to 15 footers, you stand a decent chance to make those. And so if you put more practice, you might have your skill level here for your five to 15 footers, but your ceiling might be up here. So now we have a ton more room for improvement in that category. And that's where we should look at spending some time. Same thing with our driver. And that's again, why we look at near fairways. We really kind of want to see, are we killing ourselves off the tee? Are we making ourselves take a recovery shot off the tee? If that's the case, we need to put some time into figuring out our driver or maybe take a more conservative club. With our approach shots, same thing. Are we near the green in regulation? If we are, rock and roll. Don't worry about it. If we're not, if we have lots of chunks, if we have lots of skulls, then we need to start working on our swing technique and fix that part of the problem because it will have a disproportionate reward for us in our score. So kind of a unique way to look at your game. And like I said, if you're going into the off season, great time to look at this. If you're lucky enough to live in a place that doesn't have an off season, this needs to be part of your regularly scheduled kind of golf checkup. You might want to make it quarterly. You might want to make it semi-annually. But you want to look at it every once in a while so you can at least be in tune with what's working and what's not. So keep that in mind. And if you can do that, you are going to make great strides in your offseason. If for no other reason, you're going to know what to look at when you come out of the gates on the other side. All right, everybody. Take care. I'll catch you in a short, guys. Cheers. All right, thanks for listening to this episode of Golf Strategy School. As always, if you want to keep it in the short grass, all you got to do is put those lessons into effect. And if you want to see exactly how you fare in terms of your physical performance to other golfers your age, head over to par4success.com slash griffin, and you'll be able to see exactly where you line up and match up with other golfers your age based off of the this free performance assessment that Chris and his team has put together. Again, that's parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see exactly how well you line up against all their golfers your age. And I'll just drop a link to it in the show notes.